I'm Amanda Pittman, and this is the Confident Woman Podcast. This podcast was created so I could have candid conversations with my confident committee. We'll talk about what you care about most, walking in your purpose, finding freedom, and becoming the woman God created you to be. So come join the committee, sis. We're going to chop it up, keep it real, and change the world. Hey guys, welcome back to this episode of the podcast. Michael and I were recently um, on a date day and we were sitting outside and having just a fantastic conversation about our future, about wisdom. And I just thought to myself, I wish more people could hear this conversation and more people could have a sneak peek into the types of things that we talk about (laughs) when we're alone. And I just said, you know what? Let me just hit record for a little snippet of our conversation so that this conversation doesn't just bless me, but it blesses you guys too, my confident committee. So I hope you enjoy our convo. Let's get rocking and rolling. So I feel like our youth is an asset. And if we want a return on this asset, then we have to give it up for a moment give it time to produce the return. So good. We say it all the time. You can spend money and make money back, but you'll never get your time back. Yeah. So for some people, it's a lot easier for them to invest their money, but it's not as easy for them to invest their time. Mm. Because they understand if I don't have it now, I'll never get this back. Right. But if we understand I'm not going to have it now, in fact, I'm going to invest my time mm-hmm. in a matter of years and saying I will delay my gratification knowing that I can't have it now and I'm never going to get that time back. Mm-hmm. And I'm never going to get that time where I can be 25 uh, or that time where I can be 26 and be in a $600,000 house. That's never going to be my story ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never have a time where, um, you know, I have this beautiful, perfectly manicured lawn. It's gorgeous. Everybody pulls up and it's like, oh, mm-hmm. and I'm under 30. I'll never get that privilege mm-hmm. if I sacrifice now. Mm-hmm. That takes a whole lot more faith. And that's a lot harder to do than invest money. Because people understand, I understand, once a moment's gone, it's gone. Once your time is gone, it's gone. And so it's just like, I can be impressive now, or I can sacrifice that eternally, forever. I never get that moment back. But what does it do? It reaps way more for the rest of my life. And then, generations afterwards. That's key. That's key. And even eternity. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, man, it's like... (laughs) if we can invest five years of our time which is our most valuable asset Mm. nothing's nothing's more valuable if we can invest our most valuable asset for five years God said you'll get 50 but let's say what happens after we invest those five and we start walking into the 50 first of all we start to see the return that we sowed right correct but second of all it's time to invest again reinvest so, reinvest the dividends and the capital gains. Exactly. So what are we reinvesting with our time? 
So first we, we, we invested our lives to get more into our lives. But then after that, we're going to be investing some more of our lives at a greater measure to get more out of other people's lives. Yeah. And then it turns, it's not just a lifetime, then it becomes, into, then it changes from lifetime to generations. Come on. And then it changes from generations to eternity. Yeah. Because we're not just affecting our family tree, but our family tree is getting people saved. Our church is getting people saved because why we invested our time, our most valuable asset so that we can leverage that to get more people into heaven and we can leverage that so that more people can experience heaven on earth. Like it's our most valuable thing. And if we're willing to give up our most valuable thing, we're going to get the most valuable thing. What's cool is that. Did you catch that? Yeah. Can I can I break it down? Yeah. So if we're willing to give our most valuable thing, which is our time, time, we're able to get the most valuable thing, which I believe is time. Exactly, but time and eternity. Because it's just like what happens? Everybody else, let's say, souls aren't getting saved because we're not investing our time wisely. We're wasting our time. We're wasting our money. We're squandering it, and, and then we're just focused on ourselves, and we can't focus outwardly. It's like, well, what if we continue investing our time? And then what does it do? It buys people time in eternity. Oh, I see. I see. Got you. For others. Yeah. Yeah, It's just like everybody else is dying. But how many people? It's not just, okay, let me get mine. Let me get my life saved. That's so Mm short-sighted. But it's like, wow, how wealthy would I be if I could say, look at all of these people because of my obedience and because of, the time that I invested into them, you know, into this ministry. In, I, I invested in their church. I invested in their school. Whatever it may be, however we t- invested our resources, we're able to say we afforded them a lifetime. Uh, no, it's an eternity in heaven. It's just like. Yeah. That's huge. You like, were talking about how, you know, we'll never get the. We live in a $600,000 house. People can pull up to our manicured lawn and be like, oh, you know what I mean? But what's interesting is that if we just invest that time, then we may not get that, but our kids will. And so now people will be able to pull up to a maybe beautiful $600,000 house that Bean and Lily live in. And then, now, when they say like, man, how how did this happen? How did y'all do this, that? It's like, well, actually, our parents were really good stewards of their finances and afforded us this. And so what happens is, those people say, dang, your parents were wise. And so we still get the acclaim to a living under thirty six hundred thousand dollar manicured lawn house in Alpharetta, it's just that we don't we may not be living there, but rather our kids and their families may be living there. To where, who knows? Being in Lily, they may not go, but our grandkids may, mm-hmm. our great grandkids may, mm-hmm. when it's even bigger and better and nicer and whatever. If it's recognition then we still get recognition. It just comes later. But we're gonna but we actually if we invest 
the desire to get recognized now, then later it will bring a greater return of higher recognition. So good. You know what I mean? So, it's like, yeah, I can get some recognition now before 30, but I'm just wondering if I just invest and I'm wise, man, what would that look like when I'm 45? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like what will... What will what will that look like? What will what will that mean? And I also wanted th- it, it, there's also a difference between looking good and being good, mm-hmm. because we could do either or depending on our our decisions. Like we could live in Alpharetta at twenty six and twenty seven, or we could be living at a small little house somewhere in Lithonia at twenty six and twenty seven. One version of us would be praised; the other version of us would go unnoticed, but that doesn't change the fact that this one is actually the one that deserves mm-hmm. the recognition. It's like, the, it's like having, it's like sitting on the front or being the person who's in the back that gets called to the front. True. True. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, let, let's say we got into the house and then like we got into a house in Alpharetta at like 26 and 27. Mm-hmm. We're living there, and let's say we lived there for five years. And we did, I mean, because our rent is so high, or because our mortgage is so high, we don't see ourselves moving. We just stay there. And so it's just like, there's no move after that. Mm. But it's like, so it's just like, okay, so for maybe those first six months to a year, we're being praised, like, oh my gosh, your house is so nice. We get to post it on Instagram, whatever. Wow. You guys, you're so young. How'd you do it? Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. And then it fizzles out. And then we're just average living in a neighborhood with everybody else. Yep. But it's just like we don't get it praised or awarded for being wise. But it's just like, well, when you think about us, the other version of us who actually is wise, not impressive, but is wise. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, when we're 31 and 32 and we get to do a big move to a boom, it's just like people can be talking about that for decades. You know, it's just like, like, y'all remember, like, people, people for decades will be coming to us, man, tell us how you did it. I want to do the same thing for my kids. And they're, they're going to be like, man, nobody saw you, but you guys were so wise. It's just like you either you're going to look impressive or you're going to be wise and people with time are going to tell. And so it's just like during that time of either we're just moving immediately or we're waiting and we're making strategy moves behind the scenes. It's just like one is looking good and the other is being good. And then eventually the fruit tells. I don't want to fizzle out. Yeah. I always want to be coming my best self. I always want to say, man, I thought I was great then. I'm great now. I thought I was really spiritually wise then. I'm spiritually wise now, man. I thought I was a, a, a good leader then, man. I'm a great leader now. Man, I thought I was a good parent then, man. I'm a great parent. Like, I don't ever want to feel like I want to get back to the way I used to be. Yeah. Mm-mm. Nah. I would rather be praised for wisdom than achievement. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Because... There are people who are praised for achievement, but because they don't have wisdom, they're put to shame. But no one praised for wisdom is ever put to shame. 
You're so right. If there's anything to like sacrifice for, it's to gain more wisdom. It's more precious than silver, more valuable than choice gold. It is. Because that's where the favor is. I think about you, and I always kind of tease and like I kind of think to myself, like, man, why does it seem like Michael's wife is just like so good? Doesn't have like a big past or anything like that. I'm just like, it's just wisdom. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a whole bunch of premarital sex. That's what the Bible tells you not to do. <laughs> Therefore, he's not reaping the bad fruit of that. Right. Therefore, he's walking in that favor of, I don't have an STD. Right. I don't have a lot of soul ties. Right. You know, he didn't drink before he was 21. Therefore, he doesn't have a, a bunch of crazy stories of bad decisions he made when he was drunk. Why? He just made a wise choice. He just followed the law. Yeah. It's like, what would it look like if we just heeded what the Bible said? It's not just, oh, I had a nice life, but then something doom and gloom is going to happen to me outside of my control because that's just what I'm doomed to. It's like, no, it's wisdom that gives you the favor. It's wisdom that gives you just the ability to walk in health. Yeah. And that's what I've seen. And, and even your parents, your parents walked in wisdom, the best wisdom they knew, which was they got married. They stayed together. They raised their kids well. Deer across the way. Oh, wow. It's just like any good fruit we're reaping from, it's from wisdom. Yes. Your grandparents were reaping from their wisdom. And it's important to note that wisdom is not age-specific. It's not. It's choices, decisions. We're a sum total of the choices and decisions we make. Yes. And so if we want favor to continue to follow our lives, we need to make wise decisions. That's all it boils down to. And that's what we need to show our children too. Like imagine them, some people feel like nervous, like, man, what if I give my kids stuff and they're they're entitled or they, you know, don't appreciate it or whatever. But if we just teach them the importance of wise choices and how we are able to get, go further and set them up, then we should have children that are grateful and that eventually have conversations with their spouses like how can we take care of our parents like how we're talking now about how can we take care of ours yeah you know what i mean like it'll be cool i mean we we won't even have to glory willing need that but just the, the 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 mindset though is how can i care for the generation ahead how can i care for the generation behind you know mm-hmm. I think our parents would, I mean, I think our kids would think, why wouldn't I want what they have? It's just like if they see a really happy marriage and if we're spending date days with them once a week and they see we're walking in wealth, we're walking in joy, and they don't really want for anything, and then we're also walking in influence, I mean, and we're not going to have any crazy moral failure or anything like that because we're going to be we're going to be like, I just love the favor of God. And I just want to stay in the favor. I ain't going to mess anything up. I just make wise favor. choices. I just make wise choices. And then I think our, our kids are going to think, I had a pretty good life. And if we tell them, if we continue to ingrain in them, you have a good life because of our wisdom. And you can maintain a good life because of your wisdom. And give your children a good life because of your wisdom. Yeah. I think that that, I think 
there's no reason why they would deter from that. Mm-hmm. And I think about, you know, kids who really act out or deter from things, it's because their families aren't wise, mm-hmm. you know? Um, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. I don't think we have to fear for our kids as long as we're making good decisions. I agree. And let's say, let's say we continue to make good decisions and something crazy happens with our kids for some reason outside of our own control, some other outside source, whatever, we can say, well, we've made wise decisions. We've done all, all we can. Therefore, God's favor is still on their lives. Yep. Regardless of what we see right now, we yep. understand that God's favor is still on their lives because yep. we did what we were supposed to do. Yep. So I think we'll always feel like, oh my gosh, did we do everything right? If we knew that we didn't do everything right. <laughs> but it's like, no. To the best of our ability, we didn't make decisions based on our just present urgent desires. But to the best of our abilities, we thought long term. We thought what is wise. We sought God's will. If something crazy happened with our kids. We're just like, man, that sucks. But we're going to see the goodness of God because we have done what we could do. And we, mm. we already sowed. All we have to do is wait a little longer to reap. That's exactly right. I think about my parents. Like, they didn't do everything right. Um, but you know what? They did really good when it comes to sowing seeds of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I never lacked clarity on. I always knew the gospel. I was always able to clearly articulate the gospel. I felt God's presence from the age of, like, eight. I got baptized at seven and that was not a fake baptism. I had given my life to Christ for real, for real. I was able to experience Jesus in heaven when I was so far gone from myself because of the seeds that my parents sowed by getting me saved at a young age. And it's just like, now my parents are reaping the benefits of that, seeing the favor that I'm walking in, and they weren't even perfect. All they did was, you know what? It's wise to get my kid into Awana. You know? It's wise to get them and, and have them go to church every week. That's one thing they did do right, and I'm reaping the benefits of it. Yeah. Even if I turned away for yeah. two, three years. Yeah. Four or five years. You know? It's just like I messed up for those years, but it's just like, look at where I am now. Walking in the favor of God. It's just like... Imagine if we don't only, not only impart God's word into their hearts and the gospel into their hearts, but we also impart into them the things that our parents didn't give us, which is wealth mentality, <coughs> yep. um, wise money-making decisions, stewardship. Yeah. It's just like, even if they make a bad decision for a couple of years, they're going to come back around, flip it, be crazy, amazing entrepreneurs. Why? Because they saw their parents do it. We were planted the seeds. We're going to reap the harvest. So. Yeah, I think that our kids are gonna see in us what other people look for in the world. Mm-hmm. So, why go to the world when you have the blueprint already? Mm. It's just like as long as we give them the blueprint. If they deter from it, and they realize, oh man, the world really sucks. They're they're gonna come back to it. Oh man, poverty sucks. I'm gonna come back to wealth. <laughs> yep. Yep. Man, this pig pen ain't no fun. I was just <laughs> thinking that. Like the, the prodigal son. Yeah. You're so right. Honey. But but here's the thing. In order to give that to them, we actually have to practice it and do it. Yeah. The prodigal son, the father of the prodigal son, was not one who told his son what to do. He showed him what he had. 
Wow. And you know what? <clears throat> that breeds about entitlement. When it's like, look at what we have. It's just like, oh, I'm entitled to that. It's just like, no, I'm not going to show you what I have. I'm going to show you how, how you can get what I have. Yeah. Then it's just like, it's not entitlement. It's work ethic. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. It's just like, we need to teach our kids. It's kind of like when you're a really good preacher. It's like, oh, man. Michael's a good preacher. But when you teach me, here are some mentalities. You can be a good preacher too. It's like, it's not just, it's not just, oh man, you're great, but I don't know how to get what you have. I'm discouraged. Mm. It's, wow, I'm empowered because Michael has a great gift and I can cultivate that gift too. It's the same thing with the things that we'll pass down to our kids. Not just like, look at what we have, kids. And then they feel disempowered to get it themselves into fulfill it and they feel like they can't live up to our shoes in our shoes it's like no you can and you can do more yeah because you didn't get a couple of decade head start why because we're not we're gonna teach you what we what we know we're gonna teach you our wisdom yeah not just give you our stuff so us giving up the next five years is gonna give our children an extra 10 to 15 years more than that, 20 honestly. years to do, yeah, more than that. Because there are a lot of 50-year-olds who would kill to have a paid-off house. Yeah. So imagine if we, our kids graduate from high school and we give them a paid-off house. We're giving them a 40-year, 30-year head start. Yep. Yep. And then they're not focused on how do I pay rent. They're focused on their business ideas. Yeah. They're focused on how can I build some kingdom relationships. And for Elijah, he'll be thinking on how can I find my wife? Yeah. It's just like if he's if he's 20, has a paid off house, and he's looking for his wife, it's just like, wow, imagine if he's 22, 23, gets married, and he can start building his life with her together, and they're building their future together because he's found his partner is his business partner and everything. And it's just like, like if, he, if he's not worried about paying bills, you know, it's just like, yeah. what if you can find your business partner, you know? Yeah. Um, what if you can cultivate a relationship? What if it just frees up time for you to actually just be with God, you know? Yeah. If you want to just have experiences that people have never had and you want to just travel the world for a year, do it. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I had already been thinking about some of this stuff um, that we were talking about, specifically with the real estate thing. Mm -hmm. And I actually saw this house on Zillow. Really? Yeah. Let's check it out. All right, guys, that's the end of today's conversation. If you're a part of the Confident Committee, then do your part. Leave a review, a five-star podcast rating, and spread the word. I also want to invite you to the 2020 Change Conference hosted by me. This is where we're going to have a three-day weekend experience in June of 2020, solely dedicated to shedding what was never you to become who God calls you to be. You can purchase a ticket at www.confidentwomanconference.com. If you haven't already, join our Facebook community and follow us on Instagram at confidentwomanpel. As always, stay confident.